so good. Wow. What a treat and an honor to get to be with you this morning. Oh, I love your pastors. I love this church. Praise God. God's doing things. I want to tell you a funny story about, could I get a music stand maybe down here and we'll, or something. Thank you, table, whatever you guys use. It's so fun. Everybody has fun stuff these days. How many know not everything's traditional the way it used to be? We're all, does this church look amazing or what? Like I, I always for, I forgot what how beautiful it was. Walked in here, saw that gigantic new life sign as, when you drive up. How many know that, that that's an absolute truth? God gives new life. He does. And uh, this building, you know, buildings uh, aren't the buildings aren't the move of God. They aren't God, but God provides nice places. And you can see excellence. You know, one of the things that uh, Peter said to add to your faith was virtue, excellence. You know, and this, these guys reek of excellence. Oh, my goodness. You're blessed to have Pastor Steve and Kim. Wow. In this place. Hunter. Well, we're praying for Hunter. I don't know. Hunter's like. <laughs> Hunter. I heard Hunter's like going to be famous here coming up, you know, come on. How many know God will use you? God will use you. You know, David went up against Goliath. David went up against a master of the army. You know, David didn't hide out in the sanctuary. David was in the sanctuary before he ever went out into the world. How many know we need to be in the sanctuary before we ever go out into the world? But we were made just like a ship is made for the ocean. We were made to sail. But heaven help the ship if the ocean gets in the ship. How many know ships were made to sail on the water? How do we do that? We, we get full of the Holy Ghost and we go out. We go out of this place. God sent you really good pastors. I've known these guys for uh, ever to prepare you. Do you know that forever they were prepared for you? Forever they were brought here for you. They're a gift. You know what you do with a gift? You unwrap them. You know what you do with a gift? You uh, you esteem it and you 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 use that gift. Uh, have you ever seen somebody? I I did this. I got an iPad for Christmas when they first came out, <laughs> and I went, thanks for this iPad. You know, I opened it up and looked at it and went, that's, thank you, I think. You know, that's really great, you know. And the iPad, I set it by the fireplace, and it stayed there for three months, three months. And one day, my secretary, who's techie, came by. She goes, Pastor, what are you not doing with this iPad? And I said, it's an oversized phone. What would I want that for? You know, and so uh, she set it all up and, and did it. She goes, Pastor, you have no idea. And now I study on it. I do notes on it. I have sermons on it. I have tracks on it. I do all kinds of things on it. It goes with me everywhere I go. Now, uh, because I didn't know how to operate it, I didn't esteem it. I didn't see any value in it. As a matter of fact, I was a little bit offended that I didn't get something else for Christmas. Hello. You know, and I didn't even know what came in the gift. You know, if you know me, uh, you know, when, when my folks were, you know, I, I, I grew up 
you, you know, in a whole different vein. Bruce grew up. Bruce isn't here uh, right now. He went to heaven two years ago. So we are, uh, <laughs> we're going to slap him when we get there. Go, what were you thinking, you know, leaving us down here. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, he's happy this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. Happy slappy. And uh, so am I. Hallelujah. Because God does not leave you like an orphan. God does not leave you comfortless. Hallelujah. God is with us. Hallelujah. No matter what happens, the greater one dwells on the inside of us, and he always causes us to overcome, even through grief, even through hardship, even through things where, you know, where it's seemingly left alone. Hallelujah. He said, I will not leave you alone. I'll send you back another comforter. His name's the Holy Ghost. He'll live instead of in a box. He's going to live on the inside of you. He's got a plan. Oh, brother, he's got a plan. He's got a plan. Right now, it looks like everything's going crazy with Israel, uh, but God's got a plan. Right now, it looks like everything's going crazy. Right now, there's a whole lot of empty seats in this place. It might look like, you know, things have gone crazy and some people have left. Some people are doing whatever. No, this place is a, is a, is a baby place. This place is a place for little babies to come in and grow up. And it takes family to raise family. Hallelujah. Have you ever seen that, that family that had those 18 kids? You know, every one of those kids were assigned a kid. You know, they all helped. Family helps. We help. We help. We got a mom and daddy. Thank God for a good mom and daddy. Stephen Kim Beerman. Hallelujah. Thank God. God called them here. They're anointed to be here. Hallelujah. Praise God. And guess what? We're anointed to go bring in the harvest. Hallelujah. They're anointed to raise up this harvest. Hallelujah. We're anointed to bring it in. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So the Lord spoke to me and he said this. He said, uh, I, used, I was pastor in our church after Bruce went home. And uh, I knew I was supposed to do that. But I also knew the Lord spoke to me and he said, you won't always be doing this. And I said, okay, Lord. I said, you know, I will always obey you and I will. I will always obey him. But in order to obey him, you have to hear from him. You have to be in his presence. And right after Bruce left, we, uh, the Lord spoke to us and he said this. He said, I want you to uh, pray every single day. We were having prayer like the second week after he left. And uh, we, we did that before he left for, for every day. And then after he left, we, we were praying. And we normally prayed twice a week. And so the Lord said, I want you to pray every day at noon. And I said, wow, could that be God talking to me to pray every day at noon? That's quite a commitment, you know, and that, that uh, maybe I just like to pray, which I do. I like that. And I thought that just must be me wanting to do that because surely the staff wouldn't get any work done if we blew a hole in uh, in prayer because, you know, sometimes prayer would go for an hour, sometimes two hours, sometimes every once in a while it went three hours. You know, and I thought, now that can't be God to talk to the head of the church, the one who owns the church, the one who bought and paid for the church, about the church. Couldn't be God to talk to him for an hour a day, could it? I thought, well. So the next day we're praying again. The Lord speaks to me again. The third day he speaks, and he says, I want you to do this every day. And so I know this. If I'll get 
the will of God in my mouth and commit it right then. So I said, everybody stop. We were in prayer. I said, stop. Everybody went. I said, uh, the Lord wants us to pray every day from 11.30 to 12.30 and, and, or whatever. And I said, so we're committing right now. We're going to do that until he says stop. And they all went, okay. And do you know that it was that prayer time every day that absolutely saved me? Me. But it saved the staff. It saved the church. It saved us. With Bruce going home, and here you got this blonde uh, widow <laughs> taking over the pastorate of the church, a, uh, somebody who's just lost their husband, you know, even though I'm called and I had helped and I had been pastoring, you know, helping there, you know, so I wasn't completely novice, all new, but we're taking over the church, but you've got somebody grieving. You've got somebody in a, in a difficult situation. How many know it doesn't matter what the difficulty of the situation is? God always has a plan. And just because situations and circumstances change, God still has a plan. But God spoke to me uh, in the middle of all of this. And uh, when we got ready, we, we've just turned the church over uh, to the former pastor by supernatural direction from the Holy Ghost because we prayed, because we got into his presence and sought him and prayed. So I could have and uh, uh, yielded to uh, discouragement. I could have yielded to grief. How many of you know we grieve? The Bible says we do grieve. It says we don't grieve like the world grieves, but we do face grief. Uh, how does the world grieve? The world uh, goes from discouragement, discontentment, discouragement, depression, oppression in, in a spiral. We don't have to spiral as Christians in any area of our life. We don't have to spiral with drugs. We don't have to spiral with pain. We don't have to spiral in our life. Jesus went to the cross and provided the answer and bought back everything we need. I love what Pastor said this morning. Our expectation. Our expectation. Uh, he is so funny because uh, uh, one time, I have to tell this funny story about Bruce and I. We lived right next door to Patsy, his sister, and Steve lived there and uh, with Patsy. And so Steve would help us. One time, we, we were painting our master bedroom, and we spilt an entire gallon of paint on the floor in the carpet. And Steve came over and helped us. So Steve was always 911, call Steve. He was always helping us do something. We didn't, we were the worst lawnmowers you've ever seen. Steve goes, could I help you mow? I think really our lawn looked so bad that he had mercy on us. And like I said, we're just going to make us all look better here. 
help you with your yard, you know. So I'm not sure. I think we paid him $5 a time or something. We were so poor, you know, all of us struggling for, you know, to, to make, you know, to figure out how to believe God. How many know you start out on the bottom rung and you believe God? My son said the other day, I have a sweet little son. I have two boys. Uh, one's married and lives in my basement. We call it the dungeon. We just keep them locked up down there. And then an, another one, Peyton. Peyton is a high-functioning. He's autistic. But he's high-functioning. And Jesus is working life in that boy, I'm telling you. They said he'll never graduate with a normal degree. He's graduating this year, 19 years old with a normal high school degree. Hallelujah. The life of God. He said the other day, he said, Mama, I don't want to be autistic anymore. I said, you know what? I said, we're believing God, aren't we? And the life of God's working in you, isn't it? He said, yes, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead has given life to my body. I said, that's right. Life to every cell of your brain. Life to every part that affects you. Hallelujah. Life's working. We're not moved by what we're seeing. We're not moved by that. We believe the life of God is working. How many know God will always make you better, take you further? Here's a Joel Osteen for you. Hallelujah. Take you higher, make you better. What's that he say? God will help you in life. Don't you love Pastor Joel? He's such a blessing, hallelujah. As somebody goes, I, you know, he doesn't do everything exactly. Well, what, you know, we believe, well, well, pick up with what he does. Listen, there's so much good within people. I probably don't believe everything you believe. You know, I might make a mistake or I might be growing in an area. We don't throw people out because because of that. Man, there's so much good in people. Hallelujah. So much good. Eat the hay, leave the sticks. Hallelujah. And be where God has you. God has you here. God has you here for a reason. He sent you good pastors. So Pastor Steve, we moved. And so Pastor Steve, I got this brilliant idea that when we moved, there was a garden. And uh, I had this really great idea of a garden in my head, you know. And so, and then I had read Mark chapter 4 about gardens and that God was a gardener. So I told Bruce, I said, I'm going to go plant a garden. And we were traveling at the time as well. You know how many know, I know nothing about this thing. But I have this, this concept, this uh, idea of this garden, you know, and, and uh, Cinderella garden, you know, with rows of, of, you know, corn and watermelons and, and okra and fun things to eat. Have you ever picked okra? It hurts. It's the most amazing thing. And, and corn and, and uh, you know, and weeds. And, and um, so I told Bruce, I go, I'm gonna, he goes, honey, you don't know how to plant a garden. And I said, I'm from the Central Valley of California. I'm from Gardenville. That's, you know, where everything in the whole world is grown is right over there, you know. So I thought, no, we were surrounded by orange groves. I can do this, you know. He's from Illinois, cornland, you know. He knows a little bit more about it than I do, apparently. So I went out and I just took seeds and I threw them everywhere. And then I just took dirt and went like this. So, you know, it just threw them. And uh, then I thought, I'm going to come home from a trip and there's going to be corn and there's going to be watermelons and there's going to be there's going to be all kinds of great stuff. And so we came home from like a 
trip and I, there was stuff starting to grow. And I was like, I told you, I told Bruce, I told you that would work. Look, there's stuff growing. He goes, honey, he goes, that's not, you know, no tending, no care, nothing. And so uh, we came back from another three-week trip and Bruce calls Steve and he goes, Steve, you need to come over here. And I think we paid him like $150 to come chop down the garden, you know, because there was just, it went weeds and it went crazy, you know, and I'm like, where are the watermelons? Where are the, the, where's the corn? You know, uh, when you don't tend a garden, when you just go out and throw something out there uh, sporadically, it, it won't do much. And as a matter of fact, Mark chapter 4 does talk about weeds in your garden. Talks about rocks. Talks about the way you honor your ground. I didn't honor the ground very much. I didn't prepare it. I didn't make rows. So Steve, do you remember that, that garden? Oh, my gosh. He had to go. I remember you out there just looking at you going, poor soul. You know, he had to chop down the whole thing, you know, chop down. So it costs more in the end. I could have went and bought okra. I could have went and bought watermelons. I could have done all that with the money that it cost to chop down the weeds and chop down the garden because I didn't know what I was doing. I wasn't intentional about the garden. So how many of you know it's intentional what we do with our lives? It's intentional what we do uh, believing God with this church. It's intentional what we say in life. It's intentional the way we honor these gifts of God that God has brought us. It's intentional because he's brought us a gift. If you know anything about me, I'll take a gift because I really like pretty packages. The prettier it is, the longer it's going to sit before I unwrap it because I love to look at them. One day I had a Christmas gift that the church had given me, and I set it on my shelf in the uh, church and I, in my office, and I would just look at it. And one day my son came in, and he goes, you are unwrapping that gift today. And I said, no, I like to look at it. He goes, Mom, unwrap the gift. He put it down. He put it on my table. He said, this is, it's no longer sitting on the shelf. How many know gifts? as pretty and as wonderful and as awesome as they're wrapped in. How many know you've got some wrapping on these gifts up here? Oh, my goodness. They've got some amazingness on the inside of them. But it's not up to the gift to unwrap itself. It's up to us to unwrap the gift. We have to take that gift off the shelf and go, God, you sent me a gift. I'm going to esteem this gift. I'm going to unwrap this gift. I'm going to. It's not up to them to unwrap this gift. It's up to us to unwrap this gift. What's in that gift? I'll tell you, there is faith in that gift. It's not up to them to pour out on us. That iPad will sit there un <laughs> undone, unwrapped. Un, you can't unused. Yes, you, yeah. Uh, what what did it take to unwrap that iPad? Well, just unwrapping it, see what's in there. First of all, wow, it's an iPad. So then, what does it take? Knowledge. It takes knowledge. It takes knowledge to gain faith. It takes knowledge to operate in all the blessings of God. Uh, one of the things 
that the Bible says to add to yourself is knowledge because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So important that we are hearing the right thing, that we are in the right place, and that we are praying the right thing right now. Uh, have you ever caught yourself where you're just feeling like, man, God's not speaking to me. I'm not hearing from him. him. He said this, uh, people have a, a wrong attitude with church. They have a wrong attitude with the word sometimes because the Bible says this. It says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. He said, call unto me and I will answer you. He said, all who call me, I will deliver them who call. You know, so there, there's times where we are distracted. Our garden has weeds. <laughs> we, we have thrown something out there just hoping with our finances at worst. Or just uh, people are nonchalant. You know, I'm a, I've been a pastor. I'm not a pastor right now. So we've turned the church over, just FYI, uh, at the direction of the Holy Ghost. And I love this because when Bruce went home, we lost two families, which is miraculous, out of the whole shebang. That's a move of God right there, you know. You got a blonde pastorette taking over the pastor-it, and, you know, and here, here you go, you know. And uh, the Lord helped us. The Lord helped us. Oh, hallelujah. And he gave us strong direction. But you guys, he gave us strong direction because we placed ourselves in a place to be in his presence and to hear from him. So important right now that our garden is tended. So important right now that we're just not uh, thinking because we've heard something that it's working. That we just not think, well, you know, you know those are gifts, uh, you know, uh, you know. I can take it or leave it. Can you? Can you take or leave a gift that God, the head of the church, placed in your life to help you? Or should we esteem it? What should we do with this word right now? Can we just get by without it and make it ourselves? And, and, uh, or should we hear from him every day? Because in this word is life. In this word. This whole thing works all together. The gift of the pastor, the gift of God, the gift of the word, uh, the gift of the Holy Ghost. All of this works together right now. And we are the last day's church and things are going to happen that are crazy in the world. And we didn't cause it. Lack of, of prayer didn't cause it. It's the times we're living in right now. It's craziness. It's getting towards the end of time. And sometimes, how many know with Austin traffic, sometimes you didn't make yourself be late for work. Sometimes you didn't cause this, but what was happening all around us caused situations. Last night, there was a shooter at the uh, fairgrounds. Somebody went crazy, some devil. What do we do when we find ourselves in a situation like that? What do we do? What happens when we're in that situation? Well, I love what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did in a situation. Uh, the world was going crazy. All of the world that they lived in was made to bow down and worship one king. Worship a man. And here's uh, Hebrew children, not just Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There was Daniel. There were other uh, Jews in that situation. Isn't it something that the enemy always has been against the people that were called gods? 
Huh. Isn't that something? Somebody do this. I'm God's. Yes, we are. We are. We're the church. Hallelujah. Uh, no, no surprise to us that we have some resistance from the enemy. But I love what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did in a situation uh, like what we're in right now. How many know we're being challenged with what the Bible says about uh, our sexuality? We're being challenged with uh, what the Bible says about family. We're being challenged with what the Bible says about truth. We're being challenged with what the Bible says uh, about almost anything right now that you can think of. There's a challenge, but there's a challenge in the United States. I'm not sure that we're going to take back the United States because I'm not sure that the United States was ever a completely godly nation. I think we have this uh, fantasy in our minds uh, that the United States was always a completely godly nation. No, there was a remnant of people who came here who loved God, who always, there's always been a remnant down through time. Say, well, I'm not sure, you know. No, you think about the wild, wild west and the crazy people shooting people and, and dogs and cows and, you know. People were rough. It was rough. San Francisco was rough. All that whole area was rough. Slavery was rough. There was some terrible things happening right alongside of the good things. There's always been a remnant, friend. This nation is not the answer. The Bible says this. I've called you a holy nation. I've called you out. I've made you a brand new people. What's going to change this nation? The nation within the nation is going to change the nation. The holy nation is going to change the nation. This nation will never be 100% Christian. We can lean that way. There were a whole bunch of Christians and a whole bunch of Christians who influenced this nation. Oh, hallelujah. But what's going to influence it again? In the last day time that we live in. We're not going back to 1950. We're not going back when uh, the world, uh, when homosexuality was not, homosexuality is a demon that has been loosed, and we're going to deal with it. Wow. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego uh, <laughs> go to a meeting where everything they believe is challenged. You are going to bow down to homosexuality. You are going to bow down to truth, my truth. My truth is the truth, and you're bowing. You're going to bow down to all this. We're in that type of a situation right now. We're in that type of a situation. Every time you go to a school board meeting, you're in that type of a situation. Every time you stand up, you say, uh, it's just weird for me, for the body to be standing up in the flesh against fleshy. Flesh, fight flesh, you're going to have a whole lot of flesh. And you're going to have a whole lot of mess. We can stand up and fight flesh. Led by the Holy Ghost, God will lead you to do things in the flesh that will produce spiritual results. Not 
led by the Holy Ghost, led by a spirit of anger, led by, we got to do something. Uh, may or may not produce what you're looking for. Things led by the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, led by the Spirit, produce Spirit results, produce results from heaven. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I love this. They come in to the fiery furnace. They come in to uh, the place where Nebuchadnezzar is, and that statue has been erected. How many times have we seen people do these days? It really doesn't matter. God knows my heart. Have you ever heard that? God knows my heart. He knows that I love him. I really don't have to show up for church on Sunday. He knows I love him. Well, you really don't have to breathe. But I advise you to, you know, because it'll help you keep living. No. God put in the church pastors. God made a family and a church for us. You know, there's stuff that you'll get at church that you won't get at home watching it on live stream. And sometimes, thank God for live stream. It's such a huge blessing. But there, are, you come in here, you get in a corporate anointing with that group. You don't have any idea how blessed you are in this group. When Kim said she said she took over my place, I'm like, yes, you did. She was so much, oh, she's amazing. I'm not singing here this morning because I don't want to sing. Oh, my gosh. Plus, it's morning, you know, my morning morning voice. Hello. Hello. You know, so anyway, but the, but the gift of God that you guys have in here, I tell you what, I would, I would draw on that. I would go, God, you put... That gift in here is, is something we, we are drawing. God, on that gift, when I come in, God, I, we're expecting you to move. How, how does God use people? Expect him to use them. Expect him to move that way. God, pour out your spirit on that. That's, that's part of the way God uses this church. Part of, the, part of the gifting that's in this church. That gifting right now sitting on a shelf unwrapped. That gifting, who unwraps it? We do, not them, us. We unwrap it coming in going this. God, today when worship starts, you have given us a gift. We are expecting to receive. What are you doing? You're prepping that ground for seed. God, I am coming in here. God, thank you, Lord, for sending the lost in. Thank you for using me to help bring in the lost. Thank you, Lord, for people coming in and finding this place. Let me tell you something. Four or five of you get that in your mouth when you're at Walmart and go, they go, why are you so happy? You go, my God, I go to the best church in Liberty Hill. You can't believe what God's doing there. Wow. God is moving in that place. Really? Don't let me forget Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. One day, Jesus is it coming into town. He's actually going to another town, stops by a well uh, in Samaria. And uh, here's Mount Gerizim. And over here's Jerusalem. And the disciples have gone into town to uh, get something. Jesus is there by himself. How many know when Jesus didn't go with the disciples, the Holy Ghost didn't go with the disciples? 
because the Holy Ghost was in Jesus and on Jesus. So when the, he didn't go, they went by themselves. They went alone. How many know you don't have to do anything alone anymore? The Holy Ghost has come. Matter of fact, Jesus uh, was telling them at the at at uh, the Last Supper, John 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. You know, the Bible talks about the Last Supper in little places, but John, man, John expounds on the Last Supper. How many know right before you're going to leave the earth, you would want to give last-minute instructions? Any moms ever give last-minute instructions when you're leaving the house? Don't forget. Don't forget. And Jesus was doing that. He was giving them last-minute instructions, and he said, the Holy Spirit has been with you in me. He's been with you. He's been on you some, and he's been with you in me. But he's about to move out of behind the curtain, out of the Holy of Holies, out of that box, and he's about to move on the inside of you. And they could not comprehend it. They were like, what? When he mentioned kingdom, and he mentioned kingdom a lot, they thought this, we're taking over the United States. That's why I'm wondering about all this, again, if we're not seeing something wrong here. Because the kingdom has never been about take over, bring back. The kingdom has always been about his thought, his kingdom. Yes, we're in the last days, and he's got a way for us to operate in the kingdom in the last days. He's got a way for us to do that with victory. No matter what shooter's doing what, we have authority in that situation. No matter what's going on, we have authority. And we get in, we position ourselves. Oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm hitting like four different things here. I don't know if you can tell it. We're hitting on four different things. I really prayed for this service today. And really prayed what to give you. Because the Holy Ghost told me, he said, these people are well taught. He said, you don't need to go in there and teach and worry about teaching every single jot and tittle. Making sure you get every base covered. He said, you go in and give them 